Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Hello, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, and gamers of all ages. It is I, your host, Game Goblin. Flying solo from the hop, skip, and a jump away from the Space Needle under the guise of quarantine. Yay! But that has not stopped the world from continuing to turn, so we're going to get right to it because, again, Disney in their infinite wisdom has screwed up, and GameStop in their infinite wisdom has screwed up, and even a suggestion came along through Twitter to dispense my thoughts on the mobile gaming market, which I'm sure right now is seeing quite the explosion of very bored people in their living rooms. So those are the three topics I'm going to go over today, so let's get right to it with Disney. Oh my god. Jeez, can you guys please be any more stupid? Because this is comedy gold right here. If you haven't heard about it, Disney has decided somehow they are going to create a new new superhero team that's modern and very current and somehow is just a complete fail to the point that the people they're pandering to have utmost vehemently rejected safe space snowflake a vampire ripoff kid magic backpack girl and the other forgettable ensemble so this all begins with an announcement earlier in the week Disney has decided that their Marvel brand, what's left of it, is going to save what's left of comic books by introducing two characters, Safe Space and Snowflake. And if you haven't heard about these characters, they're all over the internet right now. And they are just pathetically sad. So sad, in fact, the LGBTQ plus community is like, um, guys, you're pandering, stop it. It's just that obvious. So, Safe Space ha- is a, uh, what's the politically correct term nowadays? He's a fucking stupid-ass fucking superhero is what he is. Ah, two minutes in and I'm already dropping F-bombs. That's how bad it is. It's uh, He's got the ability to create pink uh, force fields around other people. And Snowflake is apparently a cryokinetic with the ability to throw snowflake-shaped shurikens. That's the extent of their superpowers. Uh, Trailblazer, which is Magic Backpack Girl, didn't even earn her superpower. She just found it in her grandmother's attic, and it's a backpack that happens to just contain random items. Uh, Anybody who's played a Dungeons & Dragons game knows that she's basically Marvel's version of a kinder now. It's pretty bad. Then there's the Vampire Kid, uh, Morpheus, what, I, I, I can't even remember this kid's name, he's so stupid. Uh, then there's the Internet Kid, who's like, somehow through a magic gas is always plugged in with the Internet, and somehow uses meme magic to take on his foes, which, anybody who understands and is engaged in the dark arts of meme magic knows, that's not how memes work, yo. You... There's a reason why we say certain people can't meme, because meme magic 
you gotta understand it. Either you do or you don't. <clears throat> and I can't even remember this kid's name. It's like Techno Dork or some shit. And um, so we got Safe Space, Trailblazer, Vampire Kid, whatnot. And one of the things I've noticed most of the people commenting on this, and there's some great videos out there by like Doomcock, Midnight's Edge, uh, the Neurotic. They're, all these guys are doing great videos on it, and they've got to say there's peace. And mine's not much of different, except for the fact that from a creative standpoint, I'm looking at this and comparing it to previous superheroes. And previous heroes, yes, you know, you got Spider-Man, you got Batman, and their names are defined by their powers kind of deal. Okay, Batman's powers should be more money man, but whatever. The case in point here, though, is these guys are stereotypes who are being named for their stereotype rather than their power spread or their adventure to becoming a superhero. Most superheroes during the creative process, they're like, we got this fantastic idea for a guy who throws bolts of ice out of his hands and we're going to call him Frostbite or some stuff. And that's the creative process. But we, we as, you know, people who consume this kind of media and, you know, really like the storytelling... We want to see names to the characters. That's part of what makes Tony Stark so awesome is because Tony Stark is Iron Man. Iron Man is Tony Stark. Safe Space is just safe space. There's no person behind it. Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Spider-Man is Peter Parker. It's engaging on both sides with the mask on and mask off, and they're only advertising one side, which makes for very shallow superheroes. Uh, super villains, same thing. You know, you look at Red Skull or Baron Zemo, Doctor Doom, these heroes also, well, except for Doctor Doom, they take the mask off at times. They are different people. It, it makes a whole incomplete dichotomy for a personality. And they're just taking basically the breakfast club of the millennial generation and slapping superpowers on them based on it. So we're getting Bender, we're getting Claire, we're getting Brian, we're getting the jock, we're getting the outcast. And we're slapping superhero things on them, but not really engaged with the person behind it. And their powers really inexplicably suck. I mean, wow. Shurikens made out of ice? Uh, yeah, they had a character like that back in the 80s who tanked called Longshot. If you really want to see what it's like to take a stereotype and slap a superhero name to it, anybody from the 90s who remembers the fighting Bantam... Yeah. How many people remember him? Nobody. Except for me, because I had to look the guy up again. I'm like, who was that guy who was an underground boxer in Mexico who wore a luchador mask? Oh, right, the fighting Bantam. And, yeah, his comic failed. I wonder why. Maybe it's because you took a stereotype and you affixed the superpower to the stereotype rather than build a character and then give the character superpowers. These are not fully well-developed characters, and that's part of the reason why there's so much disgust and dislike and disgenuous characters from Disney. I don't know. There's not enough Ds in the world for this giant dick fest. Regardless, Safe Space and Snowflake are such atrociously bad characters. They're basically, they're trying to take a negative and turn it into a positive. I understand that. But the way they're going about it is just so much pandering. It's... I'm at a loss for words. Anyway, the black, the 
backblast from these characters has gone on so violently uh, as far as clicking dislikes go anyway. I mean, if that's considered an act of violence nowadays, and that's how far we're really going down the hill with first world problems. Anyway, their video has just passed 100k dislikes on YouTube, the, the big reveal video. And even Twitter, which is like a giant echo chamber of people screaming Orange Man bad, there's very few people who are like, yeah, this is a great idea. And the moderates and the others, they're just like, why, dude? And even the left is just, they, they don't like the fact that the comic books are getting so political. Maybe it's me, maybe I'm just old, but comic books are supposed to be a power fantasy, they're supposed to be fun, you're supposed to go, man, I wish I was Tony Stark. Man, I wish I was Thanos snapping. Man, I wish I was Red Skull. Something like that. I mean, these are these guys. These guys were icons. Captain America was, you know, your red, white, and blue guy, but he still had problems when he wasn't throwing his shield around. He was still a normal guy in some regards. And it's just, I'm at a loss for words, really. When I when I start thinking about this, like, I'll be thinking about it, and. Sure, I'll come up with a lot of things that I want to hammer on about these characters and make fun of them about, but then I start thinking about it and it's just so pathetically bad. It's like knifing the tires on the short bus. Just, there's no point. They, they've already kind of dealt themselves a bad... Well, not the short bus, because that's a bad an analogy there. This is like the guy who constantly punches himself in the face. You know, the one who's trying to get attention. And then you walk up and you punch the guy in the face and he's like, why did you do that? That's what Disney and Marvel is doing right now is they're punching themselves in the face. And then when the fan backlash starts, they're like, why are you punching me in the face? And come on, Marvel, this is going to be like the last nail in your coffin. Seriously, you're creating characters who are based off of stereotypes. Their powers are just so phenomenally uninspired. The characters are uninspired. Like... Trailblazer, her power is to take random items, random items, out of a backpack that she found. She didn't earn that power. And I mean, sure, Darkhawk didn't earn his power, but his comic book didn't really last all that long either. You know, he found the power gem in his locker in high school kind of crap. And that's... He really didn't earn his power. But Blade stepped into his power. Captain America stepped into his power. Spider-Man... He didn't really earn his power, but he really stepped into it during the, the creation of this. A lot of superheroes who get their powers don't just find it in Grandma's attic and decide that suddenly they're a superhero. Nor is somehow being always connected to the internet giving you a superpower. I mean, like, all these, guys, all these characters have some sort of crippling problem. And that crippling problem is, uh, internet kid, well, let's say... If the battle takes place in some comic book fictitious land that doesn't have Wi-Fi, his power is now considered useless. Trailblazer. Well, if her magic backpack happens to be not with her at the moment, she's suddenly very normal. And she can't, like, summon the Mark V from space to battle the Hulk. And Snowflake and... Uh, safe space, their weaknesses, of course, obviously, a safe space, you just say harsh things about him because he can only protect other people. Just 
make fun of his hairdo. He'll he'll break down in tears and cry because he can only protect Snowflake. And Snowflake apparently needs protecting from somebody else. Which is the opposite of what they want to do with the characters. The characters, they would say, Oh, well, Snowflake is this strong, non-binary character. And I'm like, well, if they're so strong, why are they walking around with somebody who puts a force field around them? They, uh, doesn't that just kind of prove that they are a snowflake and they are fragile? It, years ago, this kind of stuff with these characters, and if you have not looked them up, seriously look them up because it's hilarious. And like I'm just about to say, man, 10 years ago or so, this is the kind of stuff that people would have created as a form of irony. It would have been sarcasm drawn down in print and put on like deviant art or something. And the fact that there's a powerhouse like Marvel behind it, I cannot wait for them to decide that this is going to be a great movie idea and for it to tank. Because, well, I'm still waiting for the America Chavez story uh, to hit big screen television and big screen movie. And I don't think that's ever going to happen because pandering doesn't work. All right. Anyway, Safe Space, Snowflake, Marvel Comics, you done fucked up. And for those of you who haven't looked into the story yet, go ahead and look it up, because if you need a laugh during these times of being locked in your home during quarantine, do it, because this is giggle-worthy. Anyway, moving along, moving along. Now, to get into a kind of a, like a little bit of a darker thing here, and yeah, let me, let me, just, let me just summon my vitriol here for GameStop. Uh, on my next topic, because GameStop, you done fucked up. There's a reason why your stocks are tanking. There's a reason why on Twitter people are calling to boycott you. There's a reason why Camelot 311 has a very popular... I think it's Camelot 311. Anyway, the dude has a very popular YouTube channel exposing what's going on behind. And one of these videos I watched just the other day really super capitalizes on just how disconnected GameStop management is from GameStop employees, and I really do feel for the employees given the circumstances right now. And you can actually hear it from the store managers, people who are working at GameStop. They're they're scared. You know, they don't know what to do. There's a, a major issue going on globally right now that is being censored, so I can't directly say it, apparently. But this issue has employees scared, and some of them are being told, well, if you choose to stay home. You're not going to get paid and you might lose your job. And I, I don't see how it's a choice when my life is on the line kind of situation. So I really do feel for the employees working there during this situation. And GameStop in behind the scenes, they're like, oh, we're going to keep the stores open. And if you haven't heard, they even tried to stay open as an essential business. Now, for an essential business to stay open during this crisis situation, they have to be part of the flow of resources that maintain the stability of our infrastructure. Even during these times with the great ass white paper shortage of 2020, grocery stores need to stay open as much as possible so people can still get food, soap, baby wipes, diapers, formula, canned goods, you know, the usual stuff that maintains our quality of living in a first world country. Stores are kind of important for that. 
Plus, hospitals, they're essential. They stay open because, well, we need somewhere when people get sick to go. GameStop apparently thinks they are on par with the infrastructure of, say, stores who sell gasoline to diapers to medications like pharmacies do. They think they're as essential as a pharmacy who provides life-saving medicine to people of all ages. They think they are as essential as a hospital who currently, in some situations, a lot of them right now are kind of like in overflow mode. GameStop says they are as essential as these cornerstones of infrastructure. And in a leaked uh, conference call that made it to YouTube, which has been flagged, so apparently GameStop is trying to tear that down. There was a conference call, and of course, all the people up upstairs, above the common grunt worker like me and many others in many industries, the upstairs people are like all doing a conference call at home, self-isolating, but saying the stores need to be open. They don't care how many people come in. Uh, one of the topics came in that they don't... Like, if I came in with a controller and, and I'm a scungy dude, you know, like, if I've, like, obviously, if I'm, like, flaking skin off my body and I haven't bathed in three days, well, the, it's still up to the employee to take that trade in because the item is still marketable. So, even if I'm an unclean person with a trade-in of a video game or whatever that's got, obviously, like, Cheeto thumbprints all over it and strange clusters of grease, oh, they'll still take the trade-in. Which is very unsanitary, especially at this point in time. But no, trade-ins, totally fine. Uh, and people are, you know, self-isolating, they're losing their jobs uh, at GameStop. And some of the stores, you know, they're on reduced hours because of the location they're in, like if they're in a mall. And of course the people upstairs in corporate are telling the employees, well, you gotta pick up the slack because reduced hours means you just gotta push harder kind of stuff. So GameStop done screwed up keeping their stores open. Some stores, uh, like the one here locally just down the street from my place, they were actually practicing a degree of quarantine methods. There's a, uh, a business park nearby with a, a Target and a gun shop, which is really selling out of guns fast. Surprise, a blue state selling out of guns. What a world. Anyway, all the people in this business park had an employee standing outside the front door and they were limiting the number of people that could be in the store at any given time. Problem is, though, if you still have people coming in and out of your store, this still increases the chances of those who are working in the store to contract a nasty case of the sniffles and dry coughing and going to the hospital with life-threatening illness. But GameStop remains clo uh, remained open and their store is by far in the business park the smallest, so the highest degree of contamination could be actually in that store, since the other ones that were open were very wide open places, but I'm not a virologist, so I'm not going to say, oh, it's going to be safer to go in the Target. Uh, just practice common sense, I guess, because common sense is so rare, it should be a superpower, a superpower snowflake, and safe space don't have, nor the individuals at Marvel. So, as a, as a sign of good news, though, however, uh, Pennsylvania governors, uh, Illinois governors, California governors, uh, Washington has yet to do anything about it, but many governors in some states have straight up gotten tired of the bullshit at GameStop and, like, directly just sent police officers out with letters to tape to the front door and tell everybody to go home. 
So, you know, in a crisis situation, when you have a corporation who is putting profits over people, when the government has to step in and say, we have problems, close your damn store. And even at this, uh, there are screenshots that can be looked up. And if I find one, I will put it on the YouTube video for this podcast. Uh, there are screenshots, however, of regional managers trying to contest this. Like, they're like, oh, if the police show up at your store, show them this letter so they'll go away kind of stuff. We're keeping the store open. And last I checked, you know, when a police officer has an order from the county and or state telling a business that they have to close down because conditions are unsafe, that business should close down. And again, GameStop is telling them, oh, no, we don't have to close down. We're essential. We sell video games to people who are in quarantine. Uh, but there is a silver lining to this. Uh, more and more governors have stepped up. They're telling people to go home, stay home, stay safe. And they're thumbing their nose at the corporation that runs GameStop, telling them that, you know, if you try to take any disciplinary action on your employees for a state mandate, you can just go twist your own nipples in a dark corner for a while because nothing's going to come out of it. Yay. So... That's pretty much the gaming news in a nutshell of what's going on. Um, it's crazy out there. I mean, come on. I mean, we have issues going on and somehow Disney and GameStop cannot stop shooting themselves in the foot. It, uh, so give me a moment here to collect my thoughts. I know I just kind of verbally barfed that out. Mm. That's the sound of high risk right there. But I'm going to keep transmitting once a week on average, just for you guys. Because that's how I roll. And uh, even if I get a dry cough, I'm going to stay on the microphone for my handful of listeners out there. Because, well, having a, a voice out there in the darkness during lockdown kind of, you know, helps take the edge off. Anyway, I did get a suggestion from one of my listeners, and I got to pull up the Dealy Bob here real fast. And I'm going to call him out. It's Bard's a Bean Studio. And Bard is a cool dude. He was actually uh, at one of our panels during a convention here recently, and I did a shout out. I'm like, hey, I want a topic. And he came right back, and we had a short discussion on the topic, which is a lot of fun because uh, I was trying not to get too involved in the conversation with him at the time, uh, just simply for the fact that when you get ready to record a podcast, and this is kind of like podcasting tips. Don't have your conversation incomplete and full before the microphone is turned on. Because once the microphone is turned on, you'll lose a lot of it, which is part of the reason why I'm looking up. Because we did have kind of a little mini uh, conversation here. And so I need to look that up here real quick because I am unprepared, of course. So anyway, he did the call out and his idea is to talk about the... I would say invasion is the right word here. Uh, invasion of mobile gaming into everyday life. And that's actually a really good one. Uh, considering right now, mobile gaming is probably exploding. I haven't seen any numbers on that. 
So I'm only guessing it's exploding right now. And so to get it on, uh, the proliferation of mobile games right now, even before our current uh, outbreak, was getting pretty sad. And a lot of the games out there are complete cash grabs. Uh, you look at the Star Wars games, total cash grabs. Nintendo, I want to crap all over them, but they are a cash grab totally. And then you have guys like Raid Shadow Legends who are blatantly trying to break the law or several laws actually, in their marketing. And even if they sponsored me, I'd be like worth 50 cents for their advertisement, but their game is utter trash. <clears throat> it's, yeah, mobile gaming is bad. So let me get into rant mode here because it is super bad. So Bards of Bead, thank you for your suggestion and for my rant, I'm going to start off that mobile games are trash because of not just microtransactions. Microtransactions is a huge part of it. And as EA would call microtransactions, surprise mechanics. Yeah, it's not a surprise that I'm throwing money at you and not getting what I want. It's gambling. <clears throat> surprise mechanics, my ass. So here's the problem. Here is the definite problem with mobile gaming. It's not just the proliferation, but how freaking samey they are, how predatory they are. Raid Shadow Legends is actually one of the ones that's on top of my shit list right now. Uh, same as the Harry Potter Magical Kingdom fucking story battles, whatever. Who wants to pay $7 for a hat? For a mobile game, you're paying for digital goods with real-life money. When you get your paid from your job, or you get some money from selling stuff on eBay, or you just get money in general, you can put that money in a credit union, or you can put it in a bank, and then you can withdraw a physical form of that money, take that physical money, and buy things like food, diapers, medication. $7 for a digital hat is bullshit, because you can't trade that hat. Once you give them money for a digital item, and it's not like they're ever going to have a shortage of digital items, they can just print infinite amounts, copy-paste that shit. You're paying for digital goods, and digital goods in a virtual environment is complete and utter trash, unless you really super love the game and you plan on sticking with it for a long time, but some of the amounts people pay for these digital goods... Once your phone goes tits up, say you have an account and you haven't linked it to a game account or whatever and it goes tits up and you paid $2,000 for a game, that's $2,000 you're never getting back. That's $2,000 for loot boxes and character skins and all sorts of stuff that you could have in that game, you're never getting back. You can't trade that in for anything. You can't even trade it to other people now. Like in-game items in video gaming in general, a lot of it is no trade, and mobile games is the pinnacle of not being able to transfer goods that you purchased with real-life money. Purchased. Purchased. That you purchased. You can't transfer those goods to other people. You can't be like, oh, I have an overstock of these potions that I never used before. I'm just going to give them to my guild. No, they're no trade. So the microtrend stuff is bullshit, and yes, I am smoking, which is why there's gaps in me talking right now, because 
you know, it's what I do. I'm a degenerate. Yeah, roll with it. At least I'm spending money on something that, you know, keeps me calm. Because otherwise I'd be in super rage mode right now. But whatever. That's besides the point. Don't dwell on it. Most of the games that on mobile for the perfiloration too, you get one that's a hot item. Say Minecraft. Suddenly every game has to start cloning it. You get a hot game such as Players Unknown Battlegrounds, and suddenly everybody has to clone it. And mobile games are just rife with clones. I was playing a zombie game just the other day and just testing it out, and I threw five bucks at him to see how far five bucks would go in that game. Surprise mechanics, not very far. In fact, that five dollars only lasted me for about 20 minutes. That's not a good deal. Especially when you're playing a game and you might want to stick with it for a while. Uh, a lot of the problems with most mobile games is they are clones of one another. And the one that I was playing this uh, fucking zombie game. The exact same politics were there. The exact same gameplay was there. And it was exactly similar to a game that I was playing on Facebook. Where you pay real life money and then you hit these paywalls. And then you hit these time walls. And then you hit walls on top of walls. And somebody coming by and attacking your base, especially if you get raided by a larger group of people, well, you're going to be spending a shit ton of time repairing and building yourself back up so you can be defensible again. So again, a lot of these mobile games are money win or microtransfers, stupid stuff. And even the Tamagotchi game, which I just downloaded as a lark just to see how it would be is bad. Rife with microtrend shit. And most mobile game manufacturers don't seem to understand that people have real lives. I do see that some of them have figured out this and they go with the idle games, but idle is just log in once a day and do some crap and then of course paywalls and wait and do other stuff. The business model is... Bleh. So, right now, as everybody is currently in lockdown in, last I checked, eight states. It might be more by the time you listen to this podcast, but I'm in one of those states that is in lockdown, and I have spent a gratuitous amount of time on my phone, or doing other things, or cleaning the house. Some of you already have a clean home and you don't need to spend gratuitous amounts of time doing stuff. And you have all the time in the world for goofing off on your phone. Don't send them money unless you were absolutely sure. And the only reason I send anybody money is mostly as a test because, well, I do a podcast. And as part of doing a podcast, I want to get into the nuts and bolts of a game and Raid Shadow Legends. I threw 20 bucks at them and it got me nowhere. It is super grindy, super time-consuming. You could easily sit down and play that game and not make any viable or credible distance in that game. Really, any progress whatsoever is moot after an eight-hour session of playing that game. I could sit down and play Fallout 4 and make more progress, and I hate Fallout 4. But at least I can do something in that game and just log out of it at the end of the day and being like, Alright, I built a new settlement, or I did a bunch of quests, or I got further through the storyline, or I built up my faction with the other characters. 
That's great. You can do this in an MMO. You can log in for 30 minutes on Star Trek Online, log out, and still have accomplished something. And most mobile games nowadays, one of the big problems with them is you can log in, spend easily an hour, two hours, four hours, in some cases even eight hours, and make a negligible amount of progress. And this is one of the things that turned me off of Star Trek. Yeah, and Star Wars, and Zombie Survival, and Raid, and a bunch of others, is you can just sit down and burn a shitload of hours and get nowhere. Who wants to do that? Who wants to sit around for hours on end reading the same sentence in a book? Basically, because that's what it amounts to, is just opening a book like the dictionary, but the only word in the dictionary is aardvark, and you just read 365 pages of the translation of what aardvark means. Mobile games are shite. They're crap, they're garbage, they're trash, whatever. And they're everywhere nowadays, and all of them have the exact same schemes. They're, they're all pay-to-win, money wall. There are very few games out there that are not. And I'm really hesitant to buy a mobile game that has in-game transactions on top. Oop, oh, I just did the, the P-pop. Sorry, I just blew out your eardrums, didn't I? Anyway, I'm hesitant to buy a game in a mobile setting that has in-game transactions. I can understand with free games, but they're not really free because they're going to try to entice you to buy something and unfortunately some of the games that started out really good over the course of the last couple of years have gone to this point where like case in point like I was making with Harry Potter is it's like seven dollars for a freaking hat and it's eight dollars for a new pair of shoes on top of that and they've gotten more and more predatory about it in the last year now they're offering decorations to put in the background of the game so when you go visit your dormitory Oh, I want a different dresser. Well, that dresser's going to cost me $15. And I understand with free-to-play games that they are trying to make a kickback because, you know, servers cost money, developers cost money, writers cost money, graphic artists cost money. And this takes me back to the subscription-based things with MMOs that, you know, I would rather have a subscription base or a one-time fee for a game rather than a freemium. But that's a whole other target entirely. So right now, what I suggest is if you're stuck at home and you're looking up mobile games and stuff, if it's fun and you see yourself playing this game for at least a year easily, like an hour a day, go ahead, drop 20 bucks on them a month, but ration how much money you spend on any game during a month. Uh, for Harry Potter, I won't spend more than 20 bucks a month. I refuse to and this keeps me from jumping into that trap because you if you look it up on YouTube a lot of people have spent upwards of like seven grand in some cases even more on mobile games and they have very little to show for it so budget yourself first of all if you're gonna play a mobile game and you see yourself playing it for a long time uh, use the formula one dollar per hour uh, which is kind of a standard. It's been that way for a long time. So if you're playing a mobile game and you play it for a week straight and you say, well, I only play it for an hour a day while I'm on the bus commuting to work. Okay, easy. That's a dollar per day of value for that game. So at the end of the week, if you put $10 in that game, you know, no problem. No problem at all. 
you know, just look at the value, you know, what you're getting for that. Definitely budget yourself. Don't get caught in the paywall uh, fucking trap. It is gross, and you usually get very little out of it. Remember, there is never such a thing as a shortage of digital goods. Uh, and Bethesda, those jackasses, uh, they have really capitalized on the fake shortages of digital goods. They'll put digital goods up on uh, Fallout 76 and say limited time only that you can get this. It's not really limited time only because they can make it limited time. They can put it up for a month that you can only buy that one item. So say you're playing a war game that's very similar. They go, oh, well, for the next month only, you can buy these tank skins for your tanks, which look super awesome. And they give like a plus five damage bonus. Yeah, they can put it up for that month, but there's no shortage because once they take that down, I guarantee you almost every game manufacturer has done this. And in my experience in the last 20 years, I would say 95% of the time they're going to take that data. They're going to put it on a computer in the back burner somewhere. And you wait a little while and they're going to bring that tank back because it's made such great sales. There's no such thing as a shortage of digital media because those are just ones and zeros that they can put on a thumb drive. They can put on a hard drive. They can put it in a file. Do not fall in the trap of limited time offers. Uh, some games, they just, they do this and they hold up to it, but for the most part, they won't. A limited time offer is something that's going to be on sale now and you wait six months down the line, it'll be part of a bundle or a package and it'll come back. Uh, mobile games do suck in that regard. Anyway, I've taken almost 40 minutes of your life and... You know, this was a bit more well thought out because uh, I did have a suggestion and the proliferation of mobile games as a topic I could go into with a huge rant about. I could I could actually do like a video series on it if I wanted to because I just hate them so much. But the long and short of it, uh, starting at our first topic, Marvel's screwed up. And if you want to see pandering done to the hundredth percent and just how bad it is for a company to try to pander to a group of people, I mean, it just words escape me with just how stupid their marketing has gotten with this and the fact that somebody actually got paid. And if you listen to his interview, this guy was intimidated. Okay, he says it straight up. He was intimidated reading the comic books of the 90s and now he's a comic book writer this is uh similar to taking somebody who's afraid of driving a car who always rides passenger and then telling them to drive the car why would you do this with any sort of media why would you take somebody who says oh i was intimidated uh writing characters and stories and only the cool kids got to do this kind of stuff so i just shied away from it but now I'm being given a big chance. Um, if he was scared of it then, and he just is given the reins to run Ramshod free on it right now, um, yeah, this is bad. This is dumb. Uh, I would have to say also, GameStop, uh, you done fucked up yet again, like, Every time I turn around, for some reason, uh, the news, whenever GameStop is mentioned, I'm like, what jackassery have they done now? And this is peak 
jackassery. You fucking goddamn stupid bleach gargling circle jerk rim jobs. Let your employees go home. Let your employees stay safe. All right. Do not defy state orders to close your stores. If your store says you are non-essential, uh, if your state says your store is non-essential, and you decide that your store is just as essential as a hospital or pharmacy or medical service, you might want to look in the mirror and rethink life because you're honestly not that essential and. For what little is left in my darkened black charcoal heart, my sympathies really go out for the employees in this situation because I'm a wagey too and I've got to go back to work on Monday because my job is essential, unfortunately. And in order to keep things moving between different countries, I have to go to work. It's just how it is. So my heart really goes out to these guys who should be able to take time off, whose job is not that critical to the infrastructure of the way shit's going right now. So the GameStop employees, I love you. You got a hard job. Go home. Stay safe. I, I'll come in some other time, give you a fist bump, and say I want my copy of Doom Eternal later. But for now, if your job is telling you to threaten your own life, time to find a new job, okay? So... It, when this starts to cool down, when things start to return to somewhat semblance of normalcy, give your middle finger not to your not to your manager because a lot of these guys who are running the stores are actually some of them are actually looking out for you. I can't say if they are or not, but from what I've heard leaked through conference calls, some of them are looking out for you. So you know, go ahead and tell your store manager. You know, shit was rough. Shit rolls downhill. If he was looking out, he or she, with it, them, they, if they were looking out for you, you know, tell them, hey, I'm looking for a new job because your bosses don't care about any of us here. And even offer to give your store manager a way out too. You know, hit them where it's hardest. If your foot soldiers leave the battle, it's kind of hard to fight. So, to the footmen on the front lines there at GameStop, yeah, I've said my piece to you. And stay safe out there. And for those at home with mobile gaming, yeah, just practice a sort of you know responsibility with your money. Don't throw money at them early on. Don't get sucked into spending gratuitous amounts of hours. Uh, like any other thing, uh, if, if you go back to one of our earlier episodes, we did discuss gaming addiction. And a lot of these mobile games are predatory to the point where they are only after two things. They want you to throw money at them until you are fucking broke. They also want you to spend as much time on their game giving it five-star reviews as you can. They're out to make money, but they're being as predatory as they fucking can about it. And right now, with uh, several states telling people to stay home and a lot of us looking for ways to communicate with each other or just pass the time, mobile games right now is definitely a petri dish of predatory market practices. I would suggest to first off, limit your time on a mobile game. Do not spend more than an hour on it unless it is a very active game similar to an MMO where you are actually talking and interacting with other people. Just limit your time on it because there's other things to do during the day. Limit how much you spend on it. And like I mentioned earlier, use the formula $1 per hour. So if you're spending 
seven hours a week on that game, limit yourself to $10 a week for expenditures to buy things in that game. Be sure you want to play it for a long time before dropping any amount of cash on it. And always second guess yourself. When you are about to buy something in game, before you hit that confirm button, go, do I really need this? Just ask that one question. If you're going to drop $20 to boost, you know, your way through a time wall, ask, do I really need to spend this $20 on this? Or should I use it to go out and buy a bag of rice? Or should I use it to go buy shampoo? Should I use it to go buy food? Should I use it to go watch a movie instead? So just ask yourself that question before you hit the, the confirm to spend money. Do you really need it? And you'll find maybe that you'll spend a lot less money because I've done that on my own and I've saved quite a bit of money getting into that temptation of, oh, I need to buy this. And then right before I hit confirm, I'm like, what else could I buy with this money? And it turns out that spending $20 on a good friend is a much better investment. Telling a friend of mine, hey, I was going to spend 20 bucks on a mobile game, but you know what? I feel like going to watch a movie. You want some popcorn? That is a much better investment. But hey, who am I to give financial advice? I'm just a, a, a wagey stuck in single person quarantine right now watching the first world panic and stuff. Anyway, that's 45 minutes of your life gone. I've recapped the episode. If you've made it this far, oh my God, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, please show your support. You know, uh, retweet this uh, on Twitter. Like, comment, subscribe. Send me uh, anything you want to through our email. It's all over our links. It's on our home site. It's on our YouTube. It's on our Twitter. If you have a topic you want me to cover, whether it's a uh, common market stuff going on right now with uh, Disney, Marvel, EA Games, Bethesda. Sure, hit me up with it. If you want me to comment on games or give stories, hints, tips, or whatever about role-playing in general, I've got 25 years under my belt as a game master to give GM advice. So, yeah, send me some context because I'm stuck at home, and if you're listening to this, I'm guessing you're stuck at home. And let's open a conversation, eh? So anyway... Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for sticking with me. And I hope to uh, violate your ear holes next week. Stop, you suck. <laughs>